Welcome to Dad Will Know, a podcast about fatherhood, its ups and downs, its challenges and rewards, where at times a father and son discuss life pertaining to father-son relationships, and other times two fathers discuss their fatherhood experiences and the fulfillment fatherhood provides when you embrace its power. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Hey, Carter, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. It was all, I love I love the shirt you're wearing, and uh, the listeners can't see it, but every everybody, it's a shirt that says Caribbean on it. It's got palm trees and flowers and colors, and I was saying, oh shoot, I should I should put the the, the you know the uh, video recording on this too because it's an awesome shirt. But you all can visualize it. Um, he's looking I, good. Yeah, I hope it's broad enough to see through audio, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm sure it is. <laughs> they can hear the colors, man. So uh, so it's good to have you on, Carter. Um, I enjoyed our, our initial conversation, and uh, I thought this would be a great opportunity to talk fatherhood with you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah. And, and uh, what's cool about this is, I mean, my kids are 21, 19, and 17, and your son is five? I have a five-year-old. He'll be six. He'll be six. Um, in less than a month, and yeah. then I have a one-year-old daughter. All right. One-year-old daughter. So this is going to be kind of cool. The, the, and I'm not, I don't consider myself a seasoned father yet. Um, you know, but well, you know, I'm getting there, I guess. So, so Carter, I want to start with the, with the end in mind. Usually, I start from the beginning, but fatherhood right now for you as a father, um, thinking about your current mindset as a father, um, a husband, and a businessman, where are you at in terms of fatherhood? Uh, your mindset right now. My mindset. You know, my goal is to be the best, right? Mm -hmm. I, I want to be the best that I can be. Mm -hmm. But I mean, really, it, it is. My mind is, you know, how can I maximize my family time, mm -hmm. maximize my my time with my kids, mm -hmm. um, and I, and you know, how can we enjoy as much time together? Um, but also, how can I train them to be the people that I feel like we're called to be in this life? So how's that going so far? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, they're so young. Um, you know, it's, it's one of these things where I don't wish any time away because I'm enjoying right. every moment, Beautiful. you know, but I'm so intrigued to see what, what, I mean, my daughter at one is already developing personality mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, like how, how is that going to work? Like, who's she going to be like? And my son, you know, has a, has a, a great personality. He's, he's, he's very kind, very sensitive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like he almost can be hurt too easily. So it, you know, it's, it's how to, to nurture that in mm -hmm. him. Um, but he's a very caring young, young boy, which is wonderful. You know, it's interesting you say that and it is wonderful. And I, I think what we're seeing now in this country is, um, a blurred role of feminine and masculine traits and whatnot. And, you know, we each have, uh, you know, hormones and characteristics of each gender in us. And, you know, I hope for your son, he maintains that sensitivity. And also, like you said, you don't want them to be taken advantage of. And it's, it's really about 
strengthening how he feels about himself because once you have that boundary around your self-identity, you can still be strong and you can keep that sensitivity and not get hurt and walked all over. What do you think about that? Well, for sure. And, you know, I, I, I work hard in sharing my feelings with him, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I, I don't want, I want him to understand us men, we have feelings too. Right. Exactly. And it's okay to actually share our feelings. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for a generation or so, that was not acceptable. Um, and, you know, I want them to, to understand, though, you know, we, we are going to, men share their feelings. We have feelings and, and we can share them. You know, we can talk about them. You know, so I, I do talk about my feelings and, and, you know, I, I tell him I love him all the time. Mm -hmm. I tell him I'm proud of him. Those, those are things I want him to know um, right. and be confident. And he laughs when I tell him that now. I draw him to school, said, love you, buddy. I'm proud of you. He's like, I know. You tell me every day, dad. Why do you tell me every day? I because I want you to know it. Right. Absolutely. And, and then, you know, I, I, I try to figure out how, you know, how I, I want him to, what I want him to know and feel and think and try to kind of show him in that in myself, if that makes sense. No, it, that, that def, definitely makes sense. Um, you know, with me, my, my father, he has since passed away. Uh, I miss him every day. He was, his way of showing love was, I love you and hugging. He had difficulty sitting down, and if I had a difficult conversation emotionally, he had difficulty doing it because he wasn't raised that way. And, um, you know, and then there are some fathers who can sit down and talk about it. Just They may have difficulty with the hugging piece, and I, I've seen that too. I've seen, you know, fathers and sons shake hands, yet the, and the father says, I love you. And the son says, I love you, but there's no hug. So it's kind of interesting where all that comes from. So if we kind of step back a little with you growing up and your relationship with your dad, can you tell me a little about what that was and if that helped um, form what kind of father you are now and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. No, um, love my dad. Um, he's still living. He's 80 about the 81 i believe okay and yeah. um him and his him and my mom just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary uh, so congratulations. just a, a fun party for that absolutely um so you know my relationship with dad dad um took me to work a lot so he mm -hmm. worked at us he actually worked at my worked at my school for 35 years oh wow my high school uh-huh so as he is in a, he worked there before i was born mm -hmm. and so as a child i just kind of grew up there Right. And so um, he, he did work a lot, but it, he took me a lot with him. Um, he was, he actually uh, coached golf, um, but he actually quit coaching golf to actually go to my baseball games because oh, I wow. played baseball. There you go. So he actually right. took a few years off from coaching golf so that he actually could be at my games and, and be, be very active in that side of things. Um, so we're, we're very, you know, close family, only child, you know, mm -hmm. we, you know, things that, you know, value to me, some of the things that they did, you know, we ate meals together. So we eat meals together as a family right. and it's a challenge most yeah. every day. Right. Um, but we, we make it work. Um, and so we did that. And then my dad, you know, I, he, he didn't really say, I love you much. Mm -hmm. Right. So he, he did not kind of verbally express it. Right. Um, he, he did, you know, he, he, he wasn't not affectionate, but you know, he, he did hug, but, you know, it wasn't like a, a daily hug to my knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, it was more of a, you know, time together, a, a training, but he did also, you know, teach me a lot. 
you know, mm-hmm. he taught, taught me what he knew and, you know, it affected a lot of my life. You know, I'm, I'm definitely an oddball. You know, what the, one of the things that stick out my mind, you know, he got me investing when I was 15. I, know, I just, love he, that story. You know, yeah, yeah he, he did it and he taught me how to do it. And so, you know, not until I was much older did I realize that people don't do that. And, uh, yeah, and, well, you know, let's talk the, about the that. Yeah, I want, yeah, I want to hear about that, that, that. The earliest you remember, Dad sitting down with you, because that is definitely something that financial literacy is not taught in the schools. We know that, and and most parents don't teach their kids that. You know, we used to, we used to leave it up to the kid, the school. School education has changed so much now, so I'm really intrigued to hear about those early conversations with Dad and how that helped you now, and how it's going to help your kids because you're going to help them. He he was very into is not what was literally. Dad spends lots of time uh, balancing his checkbook, so he was all about teaching me how to balance a checkbook. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he was very in his role at the school when I was kind of more mature is that he was a business manager. And so he did a lot, he did a lot with the banks then he was very involved in the banks and investing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he got me and he got me to have my own bank account, checking account. Um, and then my own investments Mm -hmm. and Roth IRA. And so, you know, he just kind of taught me, you know, he said, you know, you have a bank account and you balance your checkbook. Mm -hmm. Um, he says, when you start working, you put money in IRA. And you, you, you just do it. And he just kind of taught me those pieces of it. Um, and it's what he learned. And, you know, the, the, I struggle now trying to figure out how to pass that on to my son. Right. Cause that is something that, that I definitely want to pass on and, you know, trying to teach him, you know, Micah work ethics, you know, mm-hmm. we, we attempt right. to not do an allowance, but do um, commission work. So if okay. he does his chores, he get paid to try. We're trying to teach him the concept of if you work, you get paid. If you don't work, you don't get paid. So is that where the struggle, you said you're struggling with that. Is that where the struggle comes from? The well, yeah, just, the title you know, he's versus, five. okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm like, he's five. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Like he's five. So I don't know where he should be yet in this whole scheme of things. Right. Like where is he's five year old, let him play let them mm. have fun versus he's five, you know, let's, let's really have them understand these concepts. Right. And yeah. so um, I don't think there's, I, a, there's, like I don't that. think there's a right or wrong with that Carter. You'll feel it. Yeah. And, and he'll, you, you'll know when he embraces it, when he's ready. It, I, I didn't talk with the kids about um, money. Cause I had a, I had a weird relationship with money. I, I, my definition of success growing up was, how much money I had, even working at the hospitals. Now, I wasn't taught that, like, specifically by my parents, but uh, it's possible the con- the conversation about money was that, be careful, you know, you know, save it, it's important, and uh, maybe I measured it that way. How, how, how was your relationship with money? Was it that you learned how to, because you learned how to invest, you saved more than spent more, and you have a, a different relationship with money? So, so that's really funny. Um, you know, the, they're different money mindsets, mm-hmm. right? And my parents definitely had the scarcity mindset in money, okay. right? There was, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, then to this day, they, they, they love the phrase, we don't have enough money. Okay. And, yep. and that can do something to your mindset. Okay. And, and, and that, that's a mindset of money. And, 
I, I have tried to be physically smart, physically, you know, financially smart, mm-hmm. you know, invest, save, do that, but not think of money as scarcity, but abundance. And I want to teach my kids that mm-hmm. um, because I, I, I believe that there is abundance of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got to work for it. Absolutely. And, and there, there are ways to be smart with it and not be smart with it. Right. But if we're smart with it and we work um, diligently the right way and, and do some things, there, there truly can be abundance of money. Um, and, you know, because I, I believe, you know, money's a tool and we're supposed to give it away a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of the, the piece. That, that's one thing Micah has learned. He lives very generous with his money. Okay. which is really fun. It is cute. Um, yep. But, but yeah, no, that, that's a very different mindset. That's definitely, you know, back to one of your previous questions, like, you know, my parents had one mindset and I really have focused to do a, an opposite of not do a scarcity mindset. It's not just about money, mm. just a scarcity mindset versus a abundance, positive mindset. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I don't want my kids to think um, that, that we're in any kind of scarcity that they, they truly can do whatever they want to. Mm. That, that they they the world is open to them and they they can make their choices to to do great things. See that that's a wonderful philosophy and that's the philosophy I've used with my kids because growing up um you know we tend to conform to what society says we're supposed to do and you know I was my dad was with IBM for 35 years. So anytime I said I wanted to own my start my own company it, he had the uh the mindset of loyalty both ways, stay with the same company and and I listened and you know it took till what age 50 to to go on my own um not bad not good just different and and um and so yeah i guess i guess if you would say it would be the scarcity i saw how hard my father worked to put food on the table and and sometimes he wasn't home a lot he traveled a lot so that probably had a lot to do with how i you know did and i i i intended to have that abundance mindset until my divorce happened and then i fell back on those limiting beliefs and what I was used to with the scarcity. That's why I'm saying that the, the relationship with money can, can change. Was, I'm very impressed with, uh, with yours now and how it's going to develop for your kids. Um, how about your daughter? Uh, what does she like to do now? Has she started to, I'm forgetting already that it's, would she be walking by now at one? So, so she is, she, she's, uh, I guess she's technically 15 months, right? There she's you go. Okay. walking, running, uh-huh. Um, and like I said, has an extreme personality. Um, she has limited vocabulary. Of, mm-hmm. uh, kind of, she can say, we understand her saying mom, dad, yeah. Yeah. brother, brother, mm-hmm. bro was her first word because she love loves it. her brother. Bro, that's awesome. Um, and then she, she says, eh, and she points. And that's when we, she, we know she wants something. Okay. Um, so she's sweet. She loves her baby dolls. Um, she's definitely into baby dolls. She loves hugging baby dolls and mm-hmm. giving love to baby dolls. Um, but anything her brother can do, she wants to do. So I love that. I love that. She she loves playing outside and going uh-huh. down the slide and jumping on the trampoline and whatever her like I said, whatever her brother does, she she wants to do. And usually she gets upset when she can't do what she her brother does. So yeah, I love I love that. And yeah, she's gonna be close with him. It's only three. Three or so year, what, right? Three or so year difference, four year difference almost? Yeah, so yeah, so he'll be six and she's one. So yeah, right, yeah. At, right at five. Yeah, he'll so look out for her. He'll, he'll look out for his little sister too. 
Uh, yeah, awesome. he, he loves her. He he wanted a little sister, so he got what he wanted. Yeah. So, so with um with fatherhood now for you, what's your biggest challenge? Um, you know, it it for for me it's it's you know it, as as the parents, it's our responsibility to teach them our value system mm-hmm. moving forward, right? And and that's my 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 biggest challenge because um, there, there's a worldly national value system that we don't that our family does not ascribe to. Exactly. And right. I, you know, I I. I have no critiques. Mm-hmm. I feel like people can do what they want to do. So I, I, there's no anger in me. I, right. you know, it, people can, people can raise their kids and live how they want to. Right. I'm fine with that. Absolutely. Um, but I, I'm, I'm working to train my kids to believe what we believe is right mm-hmm. and to live how we believe is right. Um, and, and, and that's the biggest challenge. We, we are the biggest influence in that. Yes. Absolutely. And so, you know, it, it, it's up to me and my wife to train that. And, and mm-hmm. I do believe that that as the father, we, we are the biggest in charge of that. Mm-hmm. Right. We, yeah. we you know, I, I've you know, it's our responsibility. We, we, we're the men. We're supposed to take responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we are the ones responsible for getting our kids to where they need to be. Right. You know? So I, I, I think that's that's my biggest challenge um, on that level. Right. Um, some days it just feels like it's a good job to keep them alive. Right. Uh, sometimes um, that's the thought. Absolutely. But, yeah. But, uh, but, but once I get past their life today, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's how, how do I, how do I show them through life example and teach them and train them to, to follow, um, what our belief system is. Yeah. I mean, and now is really the time I mean, data, data shows, science shows that, uh, Greater than fifty percent of our belief systems formed by the age of seven, and Mike is right around right around there. The interesting piece is now he's not in school yet, no preschool yet, right? Or is he? So he he's finished preschool. He's in kindergarten. He's finished, so he's in kindergarten. So yeah, God, I forget so so quickly. And, so and this is a shocking yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. now you have that influ outside of the home in influence that's there, and it, it is interesting watching and seeing your kid how they respond to maybe things that are different from what they were you know, uh, taught at home before they went out into the, the big world, you know? So, so we've intentionally put them in a private Christian school mm-hmm. um, okay. be, be, because of that, right. because we, we, I, I realize the school is a huge influence too. It is. Yep. And, and I do not want the school teaching values that, are not taught at home mm-hmm. for his age. Cause I think that right. could be extremely confusing. You know, like you said, you, you know, at five years old, I, I, he is not ready to learn about competing worldviews. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he, he will mature, you know, in his teenage years, he will develop more of a, a critical thinking mind where he right. can start, you know, thinking through and, and challenging to right, right versus wrong. Right. Absolutely. But, but, you know, at this point, we, we really believe strongly that um, the school and our teaching should should be the same. Yep, that's, um, or else that we, is important. It is important, Carter. I mean, ninety percent of our population conforms to, you know, what everybody else is doing, and and I remember then the school systems have changed. Um, I think for the worse uh, right now because I remember growing up. Even in home economics class, we uh, half the year was cooking. We learned how to cook. 
And the other half a year, we learned financial literacy. And I remember learning about writing a check in school, very much aligned with what my dad taught me. And now the first thing when they, you know, different worldviews and budget cuts, the first thing to go was home economics and shop. You know, and and we lost. You know, the kids, my, my kids, lost that that part where they showed there was an alignment between the school system and the home life. And I'm, it's it's disappointing. And I'm hope I hope you're in my generation, along with our children. It's gonna, it will start to turn around because um, I think our generation, yours and mine, uh, is the generation that's kind of tired and, and fed up with what's happening. And we're going to start taking charge now. You know, that, that's a fascinating thought, no, because, and, and I wonder the correlation between, you know, because one, one thing I see, and I, I don't, don't want to take too much or think too much, you know, people spend a lot of money on eating out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and, it, and it really can be a very large part of their budget yep. to, the de- to the detriment of their future, Absolutely. right? Yep. And I wonder if there's a correlation between not having that home ec teaching people how to cook in school, mm-hmm. translating into not being, you know, not ever doing it at home. Because, I, you know, yeah. that, that's a good thought. The, the, Actually, I think there is a positive correlation because I recall at the school, it wasn't just about cooking the food. We then, we were in groups of four cooking. And then we sat down and ate a meal together. We broke bread and then we cleaned yeah. up together. The four of us, I still remember that. And I think when you're taught that at school and at home simultaneously, your brain anchors that and it becomes a habit. It becomes something you're supposed to do. So I, I, I believe very, very strong correlation, cutting out certain things from the school system um, that we take for granted, the daily activities. I mean, I, I long for dinners together with the family and if it, we were okay when we were married it fell apart and that's what i long for right now and my kids are all doing their separate thing i think we're on to something there and uh, you know perhaps if people from the education system are listening to this show get that stuff back in the middle schools man home ec shop you know it's you know yeah and and the whole shop you know start you know trying to fix something instead of replacing it yeah that's it Carter, I still have the stuff at home that I made. I have real, because home home ec wasn't just saw, miter saws and all that stuff. We also did sewing. Like I have a football that I made, cloth, you know, like whatever, stuffed football. I have a pillow and then I have like a little container where we put stuff in that I cut and and painted myself and I've showed it to my kids and we went to the same middle school and their school didn't have that. So, yeah. So I, I definitely did not have that. Um, but it's funny. My my mom actually taught me how to sew. Did you? Okay. Uh, so I, I I know how to sew. I I can yeah. do that. I mean I mm-hmm. can I and and I just I learned just how to fix stuff. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. I, I and and the concept of you know if it's broken fix it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is a very simple concept. Um, yep. but it's it's still around. Well, and now it, the con it's almost. Yeah. Well, I was saying that now the concept what kids are taught for the most part if it's broken buy a new one, you know, right. as opposed to as opposed to find a way to fix it, you know, uh, yeah, th- things have changed and I th- and and uh, you know we got to bring it back on track. So it's a good point. You know, it's it, it's funny. I you know I I probably made a mistake last night. I 
I had one of these battery weed eaters, right? And mm -hmm. the batteries died. Yeah, right. And so I, if it, it's funny, I feel like it's easier now than to fix anything than it was because right. of YouTube. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Videos. And yet we, and yet we do, do it yourself. Like, right. Mm -hmm. And so I actually found a video, learned how to fix it, you know, got the tool I needed and I fixed the battery last night. Awesome. Um, but I think the problem was in our conversation today, I did it after my son went to bed. Like, but how valuable would it have been oh, to yes. say, hey, buddy, what, we need to fix this battery. Let's go on an adventure together and do it, right? Well, and, you know what? And, All is not lost, Carter, because you know how you fixed it. You could probably disassemble it <laughs> and fix it again with him. I mean, you can, now that you thought of that, no harm in doing it. You can recreate it, man, and, and get that, you know? You could yeah, create that memory. But, but, but yeah, I, I interesting. But, I, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. But I, I wonder, you know, as we chat now, you mm -hmm. know, a takeaway for me for me is, you know, what? How do I need to be intentional about? Okay, I want to teach and we fix stuff. How am I intentional? Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, hey, buddy. Yeah. What? What? And and maybe schedule. I mean, I I hate you know I hate over scheduling, right? But right, you know, right, maybe right. you know to get in my thought mind of scheduling. Hey, I'm going to spend some time and we're going to go fix some stuff together, mm -hmm. just to have an adventure together. Together, you know, something he'll remember. Yes, you know, I I have fond memories of dad like yeah. going to the do different random things like yep. that. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. So I it's did like and, with and, my and father to kind of, too. Yeah, yeah. It's like how to how to kind of get that in where. You know, we can fix stuff together and, mm -hmm. you know, then I can maybe have a little conversation of, you know, why we're fixing stuff. Well, you know, I could spend an hour or it literally took like 10 minutes. I could spend 10 minutes and yeah. save a hundred dollars yeah. or, or not. It could be a fun so. teaching moment. He won't even realize he's learning because he's with right. dad, but he'll absorb that. And, and, you know, your outlook when it says so, most people, when something breaks, they're, they're, it's a negative thing, right? Oh man, it Hey, this broke, but we can fix and we can fix it. You know, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear some of those stories. Yeah, man. absolutely, That's really fascinating. Yeah, man, I could yeah. talk with you forever. So, all right, so I have, I have two final questions. All right, and I love ending ending it this way. Okay, so now you're sitting down with seven to ten year old Carter Robinson, and you want to tell young seven to ten year old Carter a little advice on life. What are you going to tell him? Yeah, you know, that, that's a, a really fascinating question. What would I tell myself seven to 10 years old? What advice I would give him? You know, I, I think one of the, one of the skills I've had to develop over the last 40 years, um, has been uh, extroversion, okay. right? Mm -hmm. I'm definitely an in introvert by nature, okay. right? And mm -hmm. and um, maybe a lot of people don't know that because I, I've, I've learned to adjust and I've learned that right. in certain certain areas you just got to be extroverted, yeah, right. You just got to you got to go out and you got to do, um, and you know, so so along those lines, it's something you know, it would be something about you know, be bold and be fearless. You know, don't, don't, don't let fear hold you back, Beautiful. you know, because, because, because I look back and I see there's some things that I, I, I just kind of was scared and sat back and didn't take care of. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, if, if I, I feel like I would be in a better position now, if I 
would have felt these scares and, and been a little fearless earlier mm-hmm. in life. Love you it. know, and, and realize it's okay to make mistakes and, and fail in the process. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, absolutely. I love but that. Failure's yep. not final. No, nope. so. failure helps us grow. Yeah. yeah. All right. So now you take that hat off, you put a different hat on. Now you're sitting with young, soon to be businessman, young entrepreneur, Carter Robinson. Knowing what you know now, I want to give him some advice on business. What are you going to tell him? You know, it's really similar, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's go for it. And um, to start earlier, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and do more businesses, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, I, I think I, I loved my kind of first calling in life. Um, great, great pleasure, great everything. I just wish I would have had some side businesses in the meantime. I wish I'd have learned to, to, to start some businesses and, and have that passion earlier. Because um, yeah. I, I think if I would have learned, learned some business lessons earlier in life, I'd be right. farther on than I did now. Right. If that makes sense, it does. You no, know, absolutely, and, absolutely. And, and I, I, you know, I, I, that, that's it's funny you ask that question. You know, one of my goals is to has help my kids have businesses as they're teenagers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, yep. to teach them how to run a business as a teenager. Yep, absolutely. You know, and and mm-hmm. and get them out in, into business, get them doing something, help them learn those concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they they can once again do what they want to. You know? Absolutely. So yeah. Well, tell tell the audience what do you what are you doing now professionally? What's paying the bills for you? And and uh, tell us more about your professional life right now. Yeah, um, you know I'm, I'm I'm super duper blessed. I've had a great journey in life, and you know it's funny you talked about your dad. Thirty five years at IBM. Yep. yep. Like my, my dad spent forty five years at the same school. Wow, unbelievable. So, yep. Um, so, so from that generation that, um, stayed forever, you mm-hmm. know, I've definitely had, a had, um, you know, I've, I've moved around, I've had some, some good times and, and I've, I've, you know, settled, settled down into my, um, my career as a, a full-fledged financial advisor, worked for okay. a great company called Thrive Financial, uh, a faith-based not-for-profit company. And uh-huh. it's just been a super, super great blessing to, to work with them and, really help people you know that that's my passion is helping folks so i love it and you you have a ministry background too somewhere yes in there, right tell us about yes. that i spent 20 years in, in full-time ministry and and loved every every minute of it um you know we're still active we're still faithful but you know i'm not the bills aren't being paid by ministry now so we, right. we definitely volunteer for mystery ministry, ministry right. and and do that but it, it was a good time and just just love love that and and yeah and I love the concept about your company, Thrivent. Thrivent, yes. Uh, I mean, to have non nonprofit, faith based, financial uh, planning and service is is unbelievable. Um, the audience is going to want to know more about you. They started to grasp the essence of Carter Robinson. Tell the audience how they can reach you, connect with you, and what you need them to know. Yeah, no, I would love for them to to reach out. Hopefully, that maybe you can. Put a link to me, but uh, you, you definitely email me or, or call me or Google me. Um, I have a, a short website. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, you just, you know, Google Carter Robinson. You, you know, do Carter Robinson Financial. You'll come to my website. Um, you know, I, it's, I'm really simple. Carter.Robinson at Thrivent.com or uh, even a phone number is 843-957-3885. Be glad to be, be able to reach out however they want to. So perfect. Well, definitely advise. Yeah. 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 Love it all. 
Yeah, I definitely advise you guys out there to talk to Carter. He's fascinating. Carter, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm grateful you're in my life and that you were introduced. Uh, we were introduced to each other. And, uh, and who, I mean, who introduced us? I want to give a shout out to. Let me see who it was. Wait, you remember I who it was? No idea. Was it did, Melissa? Did Melissa. Melissa. Melissa yeah, Van Oss. Yeah. So we got to thank Melissa Van Oss for introducing us. Absolutely. Well, again, my friend, thank you so much. Enjoy your time with your son and your daughter and your wife. Uh, I'm happy for you. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to keep in touch, right? Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate take, it. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you'd like to network with other fathers and share stories, Please become a member of my Men's Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.